morning everyone and welcome to Gavin with Gab's Announcements HP Edition. I'm your host Gab's Gabriella and I'm here to, to give you your 411, your announcements, your need to know about HP Highland Park Christian Church. So announcement number one, go ahead and gather on all your stuff. That's right, get your stuff for communion, get your stuff or if, you're, if you want to read out of a physical Bible, you can do that. There's also a tab on the site where you can click Bible and it'll show you the verses that we're reading through. Today, um, you can gather up, I don't know, your friends virtually, gather them up. Um, gather up your family, gather up your thoughts. Uh, just get it all gathered and ready. That way you don't have any distractions during service and you can just be present. Um, and so that's number one, get gathered. Now, number two is just a reminder that you can request prayer on this site um, and someone will privately chat with you and, and that those prayer requests will stay confidential if you'd like. Um, so you can do that. You can also give on this site. You can um, chat it up on the chat. You can press the heart when you like something. It's a really cool site, so totally take advantage of it. Um, the next announcement, and this is a biggie, so buckle up. This next announcement is we're going to be doing a survey. We're going to be doing a survey live in just, just a moment. And we're going to put a link out there, and we're asking that you fill out that Fill out that link, just click it, and they'll give you some options. And we're just asking because we are, we're in the process of planning what it looks like to reopen. Um, and it's not gonna be the way that it used to be 100%. Uh, some things are gonna have to change and it's gonna be a slow and steady process, but we wanna hear your input. What is your family's plan? Um, what do you guys feel comfortable doing and so we're just gonna ask that you fill out that form we'll give you guys time to do that it will take less than 30 seconds to fill out um, and so I'm gonna go ahead and give you some time now all right now thank you for joining us if you haven't finished that link you can go ahead and click it still um, but we're going to go ahead and move on with service. So thank you for joining us with Gavin with Gav Announcements, HP Edition.
Hi, we're the Falcon family. I'm Ashley, this is Charlotte, and this is Tyler, and we are excited to share this moment of communion with you. We're going to begin by reading scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Jesus commanded that we remember him in communion. So what does that mean? As we take the bread and wine, or whatever we might have, what should we be thinking about? We are to think of the sacrificial love that Jesus had for us to endure the cross. As scripture states that Christ died for us, his body broken for us while we were still sinners. We are also to think of Jesus' life as well. When the disciples first heard the words at the Last Supper to remember Jesus, they hadn't yet at the time experienced his death and resurrection. In fact, they could have even felt confused by Jesus' words. In that moment, their remembrance would have been of Jesus' life on earth to that point. 
his miracles, his sermons, his friendships, his teachings, their meals together, the times they spent together. A disciple of first century Judaism not only learned his rabbi sayings, he wanted more than anything else to become just like his rabbi. That is what these disciples were to remember, what it was like to walk alongside their teacher. And the same goes for us. Through studying the word, obedience to Jesus' teachings and prayer, we can know the personality and character of Jesus we are to emulate. The inspired authors of the Gospels wrote accounts, true stories about Jesus. We know how Jesus interacted with his family, his friends, religious and political leaders, and we even see direct prayer between Jesus and God the Father. The authors of the Bible intended for us to get to know Jesus so that when we remember him during communion, we can better understand how we can be like him through our love and service. Take a moment with Jesus right now. Have everyone with you right there at your table or at your house, wherever you are. Um, share your favorite story of Jesus, or maybe just type it in the comments. Reminisce about Jesus, like war vets who tell war stories about the front, or grandparents who tell us about the good old days. In other words, really remember Jesus, just like his disciples were told to do. Only this time, we know about his blood poured out and his victory over death, which makes the words of his, the works of his life all the more meaningful. Wherever you may be during this time as we are gathering virtually, let us be intentional and present in our remembrance of Jesus. Yeah, his life, death, and resurrection. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. <laughs>
to describe himself. And that name has been a little bit confusing. We haven't always quite understood what it means. And I just want to spend a few moments with you today unpacking this really important name. If it's the name that Jesus chose for himself, we need to understand it too. And I think if you hang with me here for a few moments and if we, if we explore what the Bible says, it's going to lead us to a really good place because it's all in a name. What is that name? Son of Man. The Son of Man. In the Old Testament, that phrase, that, that bit, Son of Man, is used 107 times. And 106 of them are pretty similar. They're pretty much kind of putting man in his place. Not necessarily just a total straight out diss, but at least putting man in his place and saying, hey, you're just a guy. You're just a person. You're just a human, just a man or a woman. You're not a God. You're not all that great. And so God reminds people, you are son of man. It's used that way. You're just a person. Let me give you a few examples. Number says that God is not a son of man, that he should keep changing his mind. God would not act like a man in that way. Okay? And Job says that a son of man is low like a worm. And Psalm 8 is a prayer of thanksgiving. It may sound familiar to you. What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? That Psalm was saying, wow, God even cares for a son of man, for a person like me or you. You know how I mentioned 106 of the uses of son of man are pretty much the same? There's one that's different, and it's not just a little bit different. I mean, it is loaded. If you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter 7, and we're going to read verses 9 through 14, where we get a whole different glimpse of not just a son of man, but the son of man. As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. Already we're getting a picture of judgment, aren't we? Ancient of days, God taking his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. We're talking judgment here. He goes on, then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. We're thinking revelation, end of time here. In my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Whoa. I mean, this text suddenly takes Son of Man and he says, I saw someone kind of like a son of man, except, and then he describes Jesus in the end of the days, coming down 
with clouds and every tribe, tongue, and nation bows before him. We're talking about Jesus, who's not just man, but is also God. And not just a lowly worm, but someone who will bring judgment. God in the form of man. And 600 years later, after Daniel's writing, Jesus is born. And that's the phrase he uses to describe himself. I am the Son of Man. He says the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. The Son of Man will be condemned to death. The Son of Man will be raised from the dead. The Son of Man will return when you do not expect it. People will see the Son of Man returning in clouds. So when Jesus uses this term of himself, the people are thinking Daniel 7. They're thinking God, judgment, power, Messiah. The Son of God becomes the Son of Man. Do you see what's happening here? Jesus takes this phrase, Son of Man, just like one of us, a human being, and says, I am the Son of Man. I am God and man together as one, right here, right now. The book of John says that the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. In other words, Jesus, the Word, became human. He put on flesh. God put on flesh, skin. So he had skin and hair. He probably had a beard. And he, he felt tired at nighttime. And he experienced what it was like to be hungry or thirsty. And when he fell down as a kid, he would skin his knee. He was fully human. He understood that. Son of man. And why would the Son of God become the Son of man? Why would God take on human form to be like us? Why would he do that? Rich Viotis wrote, The Word became flesh. That's Jesus became flesh and dwelled among us. The word did not become a religious system. The word did not become a theological checklist. The word did not become a political movement. The word did not become an ecstatic experience. The word became flesh, loving, embodied existence. The Son of Man, Jesus said, came to seek and save the lost, to serve and not be served. Why? So that people of every nation, of every skin color, of every age, of every income bracket could come to know him as Savior and God as Father, that they could be friends of God, that they could know him and walk with him. That's why Jesus came. It's why missionaries go, isn't it? Missionaries could write letters. They can make a couple short-term trips and go back and forth, and that would do some good. But to really make a long-term, impactful difference, what does a missionary need to do? A missionary goes and he lives with the people. He goes to dwell among them, to be with them, to experience what they experience, to know what they know, to walk where they walk. And that's what Jesus did. He came to be with us. <clears throat> God came to be with us so he could show us his love, his law, his way. 
and he could invite us to walk in that way, to be with him. Might I suggest that this is also the mission of the church, to become flesh, to know the people, to live with them. See, the mission of the church is more than a building. It's more than programs. It's more than a few time slots in the week. The mission of the church is to show God's love and his law and his ways to a broken world. The form of Jesus becomes the model for the church. How are we supposed to live? Like Jesus did. So for those who need to know the Lord, go be with them. Go experience what they experience. Don't try to just care for them from afar, but be with them. Know them. Eat with them. Talk with them. Be with them. The form of Jesus becomes the model of the church. We don't just send a letter uh, every now and then, but we are with people. There's a lot of broken people these days. And you need to be with them, and I need to be with them because we want to take on exactly how Jesus came to us in the form of something that they can be with. We want to be with them, to dwell with them. And God invites us to do that. What a wonderful privilege and joy and blessing to be able to represent Jesus to other people. How incredible. The form of Jesus is the model of the church. And wherever you are today, if you are broken, if you feel isolated, if you feel alone, if you feel angry or scared, whatever you may feel, we want you to know this, that Jesus loves you so much that he came to be with you. And he offers a way for you to be with him. That if you would repent and be baptized, if you would believe in him, that he would say, I will forgive you of your sins and give you the gift of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit with you. And that can happen for you even today. There's going to be a button that pops up if you're watching live. We'd love you to click on that and to look in the chat window and we'd be glad to chat with you about what it means to follow God's laws and God's way and to be one with God. And, and maybe you're thinking of some friends right now and you need to go and be with them, to dwell with them. And I know it's challenging in this time to figure out exactly how to do this, but you're creative and I know you can. So if you want someone to pray with you for a friend who's not walking with Jesus right now or a family member who's not walking with Jesus right now, would you just click that prayer request button and we would love to pray with you even right now. Once you click that button again, just look in the chat window for a chat that will open up with somebody who's ready to pray with you. If you're not watching this live, then there's also prayer buttons that you can click on the website and uh, we may not be able to react in real time, but it will be soon that we'll be able to visit with you and talk with you and pray with you. But we want to invite you to follow the way of Jesus, to follow the Son of Man. God, we thank you that you came to earth, that you put on flesh to be with us, to be like us in so many ways. And yet you are the God of the universe who will one day return in glory. And there will be no mistaking who you are. And so because you are coming, we want to be ready for that day. 
And I pray for anybody listening in real time or later on that they would respond to you and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, opportunity to lead our offering time this morning. It is so good to see you. 
I know I cannot physically see you with my eyes right now, but in my heart and mind, I see you, my church family, very well. I see your faces, where you like to sit in the worship center with friends and family sitting around you. And even though I know the reality is that we are not together physically, I take comfort in knowing God truly sees each one of us. And through his son Jesus, we are all together during this difficult time. It has been over a year ago during a sermon that Brian shared a quick, simple story that I think about often. He told us about a young preschool girl who had eagerly been waiting to see him again so she could run over and hand him a handful of pennies with a huge smile on her face. That's it. That's all I remember. I know there were more details to that story involving her parents and their relationship to Highland Park through the learning school. But what stuck with me was the simple picture of a joyful child who couldn't wait to give a gift for Jesus. I can see her tiny hand wrapped tightly around the coins, trying hard not to lose one. So excited when the time had arrived to run straight to the guy who could help her with her gift for Jesus. She joyfully opened her hand to give every penny she had been holding so tightly. I love that. Visualizing those few coins reminds me of Luke 21, 1 through 4, the widow's offering. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. Although it doesn't say if the widow was happy or sad, or if she felt her gift was insignificant in comparison to the wealthy people around her, we definitely see her remaining faithful to God during difficult times. In today's world, it is so easy to get caught up comparing our situation to others or immediately withdrawing from, from God when times are difficult. Luke 21 is such a great reminder that it wasn't about the amount, but it was about the widow's faithfulness and heart. It was all about her desire to give her very best. I want to be like that. Not only do I want to be like the widow, faithful in my giving, offering my best, but I want to do it in a way like the little preschool girl, so excited and joyful, eager for my gift to be of service for Jesus. Here at Highland Park, we are so thankful for those of you who partner with us in ministry. You can give by pressing the donate button. If you are watching later, you can click the give button at hptulsa.com. 
you can make a safe, secure online gift and even set up a recurring gift. You can also give by texting the number on the screen or by mailing a check to the office. All of that info is available on the links. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for all of the gifts given as an act of service for you. Through the generosity of your people, lives are touched with your love and kindness, and the good news of Jesus is spread throughout Tulsa and the world. Help us to be faithful like the widow, while giving cheerfully like the little girl. I especially want to lift up those lonely in extreme isolation and those experiencing financial hardship. I pray that they can feel you with them and experience the peace which surpasses all understanding, that peace that only you can give. Jesus, we pray this in your name. Amen. We are really glad that you joined us today and we appreciate the feedback you have given us, the way that you have encouraged the church family. We're going to keep you up to speed on our, our plans for the future. We have people praying about that and working. And we are really trying to think about how can we love our church family and how can we love our community. Um, we're thinking about both of those things together. And we'll continue to update you. Uh, here and via emails and such. If you missed the survey earlier today, uh, we would encourage you to take that just quickly, just take about 30 seconds or so, and we will look through all of those uh, to try to, to be able to make the most informed decisions moving forward, because we don't want to make decisions without you. You are part of this, and we've heard about some churches that maybe made some decisions without really consulting their people well, and that did not work out very well. So. Uh, we depend on you. You're our, so many volunteers that can make things happen, and so we want to hear from you. Uh, one of the things that I heard last week was a snide comment from Matt Lawmeyer, my good friend. And Matt noticed how oftentimes in these videos I'm wearing something during one shot and then wearing something different a moment later. And the, the truth is that oftentimes these aren't recorded all in the same moment and uh, so maybe a day later or whatever. But I just want to address this to Matt. Matt, how could you dare make such an accusation when it's, it's clearly really not even true that I would do that? I mean, I would never just change shirts like that. I can assure you there's no wardrobe changes happening or anything. Kind of what you see is just kind of what you get. So Matt, I would appreciate it if you wouldn't make these unfounded allegations about me. I don't know what's happening at the welding shop, but man, I'm just wearing the same thing all the time. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is, if you have kids, stay tuned, because our kids video is coming up in just a moment. You aren't going to want to miss it, and we have uh, uh, great stuff for kids every week. And then there's some other activities and stuff you can find at hptulsa.com. But uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and then you'll see the kids video in just a few moments. And you can watch even if you're not a kid. Shh. Don't tell anybody. Stay tuned.
This is a story where God puts good friends in your life. Let's meet Ruth, Naomi, and Opa. These three women have lost their husbands. Naomi is the mother-in-law. Naomi wanted the girls to go back home because there's famine, and Opa left. But Ruth stayed and said, Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. And they went to Moab. When they got to Moab, Ruth started working in the field. But the field belonged to a man named Boaz. Ruth went back to Naomi. Naomi told Ruth that Boaz was their family kindred redeemer and that she should propose for marriage. Ruth found Boaz sleeping in the field. Ruth asked Boaz to marry her. And he said, yes. So they got married and had a baby named Obed.